0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friend Rap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Makone Maja. Let's get into the first news story of today. And this one is, I think, kind of an interesting one because it says a lot about the way that sort of governance works in South Africa. And that is that there is an Eastern Cape municipality, which is going to be building a cannabis college, Um, The Eastern Cape is going to be getting a Cannabis Agricultural College and the first students are expected to register in January of 2025 all goes according to plan. The Mayor of this municipality announced the plan to build the 220 million Rand College in the heart of the province's cannabis growing region during a visit by the Eastern Cape Premier to the town on Friday. they say that uh, the first phase is expected to be completed by September of 2024. and The first intake of students will probably be January 2025. It is envisaged that indigenous cannabis farmers in the province would play a pivotal role in supplying the processing plant with produce. So it's not just going to be an agricultural college with a sort of specialized focus on cannabis. It's also going to have a processing plant. Now, Yeah, you know, you can produce things with cannabis that are not illegal substances, that are not drugs, that kind of stuff. But there's a sort of, there's something in this that just doesn't entirely sit right with me. And that is the fact that marijuana, which is, I believe, almost certainly the most profitable and popular of all kind of cannabis, uh, uh, sort of the drug is the most popular product. like not entirely legal in South Africa. In fact, it's in this very awkward gray zone where it's sort of legal-ish for personal use consumption and, you know, there's there's sort of uh, people allowed to, to uh, grow some of it at home, but very limited amounts. And yet at the same time, and, you know, this is, I think, a particularly interesting example because it's the government doing it, but all over the place in South Africa, we are seeing essentially this kind of gray market industry pop up uh, that... You know often sells either items that kind of skirt the edges of legality or are just straight up illegal because you are still i believe not allowed to legally buy or sell marijuana products now personally i believe that there shouldn't be any restrictions on the stuff i believe that marijuana should be legal but i don't think it's great sort of for the rule of law that we just have this kind of fuzzy gray area and now the you know it seems as though the government has decided to step wholeheartedly and fully into this area Um, with a lot of investment. Uh, While at the same time, I mean, I just went and did a quick search on the internet before this. There's stories of people being arrested for marijuana possession from yesterday. McCord, what do you make of all this?
1: Yeah, Nick, I think on on the gray and hazy areas, we'll be seeing a lot more of this. I suspect that in future, people will be doing a lot more of asking for forgiveness rather than for, for permission. And that is including government institutions, right? Because, of course, this college will be a government enterprise. Uh, so no surprises for me there. But I think in terms of rule of law, this is a is a full circle moment, I would say, for the Prince case, which is first case, I believe, that decriminalized the personal use um, of marijuana for, I believe, in the specific case of Prince, It was for religious purposes. He was a Rastafari and he could not get admitted for failing to pass the test for fit and proper person because of a previous marijuana conviction. So it's a full circle moment, not only because of the college, but because the college itself will be built on municipal land. So I can totally see how Prince is fully redeemed, well, almost entirely redeemed Just now for the other gray areas and the lacunas in law that people can take advantage of in certain areas, but not so much in other areas, to be clarified, which is, again, as you kind of implied, very critical for rule of law, that there be a great level of detail, great level of transparency and clarity. um, So there are no gray areas or opportunities to skirt around the law, um, especially as it relates to something as controversial as drug use.
0: Right. And the pro- the thing is, one of the key, I think, issues here is that this all could have been solved, right? Uh, parliament was instructed by the court to go out and sort out the legislation on this and basically comply with the court's ruling to sort of, you know, firm up this gray area, say what is legal, what is not legal, whether this thing is going to be legalized or not. And yet it's still kind of stuck in the sludge of legislative process, which is a one of a many number of great indictments on our parliament, inability to do anything particularly useful for the African population. Anyway, um, let us move on to our next story. And these are actually two stories that are, that are quite interesting in their relation to each other. Um, And that is that the Western Cape is having financial disputes with the national government. So the first part of that story is that the Western Cape says that despite Um, The Western Cape being declared a a national disaster area after the uh, June and September floods in the province, which caused a significant amount of damage. Uh, They are not going to be given, uh, I think it it was over 845 million damage and 500 million damage in two different flooding events. They've been told, however, that there is no money available to support the work needed to recover and repair damages from the national disaster Uh, uh, management centre. At the same time, the Western Cape government has declared an intergovernmental dispute with the national government because the national government agreed to a 7.5% wage increase for for, uh, uh, civil servants, Um, and this was done after the Western Cape had passed its budget, so this was essentially uh, extra costs it had to basically pay its, its workers. Uh, that they hadn't budgeted for, and they said that the national government did not give them enough money to cover the difference. And they say that as a result of this, services need to be cut because they don't have the budget for it now. So, Makone, I don't know what you make of these two stories, but they, I think, have kind of interesting implications in the sense that firstly, um, increasing... Conflict between the national government and provincial structures, which I think is only set to increase after the next, elect, next the election. And also, this is kind of one can put a conspiratorial hat on and say, you know, is this happening because it's an opposition controlled province that uh, money is, you know, not being freely given? What do you make of these?
1: Just on the Disaster Management Center running out of money. I think we're seeing this trend among the state insurance agencies, right? This is true of the Road Accident Fund, which is meant to insure you against poor infrastructure um, in the event that that lead or that be one of the factors that led to um, you getting into an accident, uh, but that too is running out of money. We also saw this with Sazria where there were just so many claims by companies after the July riots that it entirely, those claims, that single event rocked Sazria's liquidity and um, debt-to-liquid ratio. And now again, we're seeing it with the Disaster Crisis Management Center. Um, it You would you're see you' you've also seen this actually with the Reserve Bank recently there were conversations about dipping into some of our, our reserves our gold reserves and how we can liquefy those so that we can be able to print money so it, it all the insurance or the provisions we've made for instances of disaster or instances um, of acts of God for example are now not available so any protection that we could have leaned on for these instances is just being pulled from beneath our feet, which is not a very comfortable position to be in, given that we will likely experience a lot more um, extreme weather um, accidents on our roads because our roads are overly burdened as 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 you see more companies choose road modalities as a way of transporting infrastructure. So that covers um, the RAF issue. But also if it ever comes true that all the threats, that company, that, that all the anticipation of a sort of insurrection um, or an unrest, if all of that cashes in, then Sazria too will be stretched to the max and beyond again, which again is not a very comfortable position to be in. Uh, and on the issue of, government centralizing budgetary allocations and deciding on behalf of provinces how much they are to spend on what. I mean, that is insane. We need to have a serious conversation about devolution of powers. How is a a provincial government not able to determine its own finances when it's within closer proximity of how it actually manages its finances than the national government, which inarguably just makes up amounts and averages them proportionately across all nine provinces. For me, that's a conversation that needs to be brought and had more seriously. um, On the conspiracy, I'm not sure if they're conspiring against the Western Cape government or if it's just that the Western Cape government is so ahead of its affairs that it's able to make comments on this before the other provinces, which could likely be in a similar position, are able to come forth. I would imagine that it's the latter rather than, than the former.
0: Okay, let's move on to our last story. And this is about one of Joburg's most important hospitals, the Charlotte Matreke Hospital, academic hospital, which is due to have its electricity cut off tomorrow for apparently not paying its electricity bill. Now, there was, it's it's, uh, according to city power um, in Johannesburg, the hospital owes 41 million Rand. However, uh, the provincial government, which originally uh, said that it would sort out this issue several weeks ago when we first talked about this story, it said, no, no, we'll deal with this We'll make sure the bills are paid. They say that uh, this is an unfortunate um, position to be in, but the only reason we wouldn't have paid the bills is because of some sort of invoicing dispute. And so we now seem to be sitting, uh, and also that the uh, health department of Gauteng is facing, in the words of the Gauteng uh, Finance MEC, Serious budgetary challenges. So what is the hospital just going to be cut off? this makes me want to just hit my head on the table. This is—I cannot think of a possible reason. You know, surely it's in the sort of self-interest, where you're heading towards an election, that the ANC-controlled city and the ANC-controlled province in the key battleground province of the election can find it in their power to sort out this billing dispute and make sure that a hospital doesn't have its electricity cut off. Just how? Hitting your head
1: against the table sounds about right. I'll say this half sarcastically, that um, what Charlotte McLeague should have learned from municipalities that had their debt written off is that they need to rake it up to 400 million. 41 million is simply not enough. They can do better than that. And I'm sure they can. They're a hospital. They provide vital services. Um, So, but on a more serious note, I'm also quite surprised, but I expect that it will not happen given how critical, obviously, um, the hospital plays, uh, the role the the hospital plays is that it would have its electricity cut off. I would expect that hospitals would be the first to be pardoned rather than municipalities. And so I'm a bit taken aback by this, but um, I I'm I'm calling I'm calling a bluff on this one. I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, ah, uh, you know I hope not. Obviously, you know you you want this to be sorted out. You know you shouldn't have necessarily uh, bills unpaid, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, get it together, people. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, that is all the time we have for today. There will be no more shows this week as uh, we're all going to be doing end of year functions and things. And next week will be the last week of the Daily Friends show for the year. If you do enjoy our content, please do subscribe to us, like the video, and support us in any way you can. And that's a wrap.